Yeah, you got the crown, let us sing. I'm a Sacramento king, and we're doing our thing. We got the crown, let us sing. Yeah, it's Sacramento only fans. The art show at the Arco. Boogie Cousins made it bang in the sleepy train. See where blicking bars go. D-Rock got D-Locked like D-Block. D-Fox got the golden one like Reebok. Jason Jones with the J Street vibes. And KC's gonna give it to you live. Uh, I was born to ball from a fetus. Watching highlights of Reggie Theus. White chocolate breaking ankles into pieces. Walt Williams had them freezing in the bleachers. My shots all making money, Mitch Richmond. Mike Bibby with the cross, you're a victim. And if your team run the zone, I'ma shift them. Welcome to the L train. Lima Sacramento King. And we're doing our thing. We got the crown of the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is good? You know the vibes, man. J Street vibes here. With uh, your man, Kenny Carraway. And, you know, the man next to the man. Uh, I, won't, I won't say the rest of that joke, but Jason Jones. <laughs> what, what's good with you, Jay Jones? We, look, first of all, we got to let the people know. We coming to you, brought to you by the Be Heard platform. You already know what it is. Shout out, Damien. Shout out uh, everybody on the Be Heard platform, J Street Vibes. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, but we back up in this thing, man. We back up in it. Everything going good with you? Good, good, good with you, Jay? Uh, you know, they it's been kind of a rough couple of days, you know, but hey, we hanging in. <laughs> hanging in there. Hanging in there, man. So we got a lot that we gotta get to. Um and we're gonna start with the reason why we're here. The Kings. You know, they they're coming off uh a win last Friday against the Knicks, had their last two games canceled against the against the Grizzlies, because I don't know if the Grizzlies are ever going to play another game, but they definitely didn't play this past weekend. So the Kings said it's six and ten. And Jason, if I gave you one word to describe the Kings right now, it's six and ten. What what would that word be? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not overly disappointed in their record i'm not overly excited it's you know i mean considering that there were people who thought this team would have two or three wins at this point i mean i think they're okay i mean it's it's you know six and ten is not the worst place to be and in this weird wacky season you know you never know what's gonna how things are gonna look in a month two months so i'm yeah aren't they like two games out of a playoff spot right now yes i mean at at six and ten which is crazy yeah It's, it's a weird time. I, I would say, to be honest with you, I would say it's frustrating. And only frustrating, not necessarily because of the 6-10. and Because like you said, there's some people who thought that they'd have two wins right now. And if you, if you look at the schedule, I know, you know, when you're the Kings, everybody's tough. But when you look at the schedule... They haven't had a lot of a lot of easy games. They've they've been playing playoff teams and you know fringe playoff teams since the since the season started. So six and ten after sixteen isn't the worst thing. But I say it's frustrating because they they've gotten blown out too many times, Jason. I, I mean they they've lost by twenty thirty time thirty points at least four times, and that that's frustrating. That can't happen. A, a loss like they had a couple of weeks ago against Portland or even the New Orleans one. Nobody likes them, but you can live with them. But, you know, just giving up 170 million points a game <laughs> and getting blown out by 20, 30 points, that, that's frustrating to watch. So, you know, record be damned. 
they need to make sure that they're competitive, you know, as this as this season goes along. Yeah, and I mean, I think it, over the course of 70-plus games, you're going to have some games like that. Maybe they just got them all out the way in January. Cause, I sure the hell hope so. God, I mean, some of those, I was just like, oh, I'm disgusted with y'all. And I don't, <laughs> I'm I'm like, I had come into January trying to do the whole, I'm going to do the dry January thing. I don't know why, but I'm like, let me, just, let me, let me give it a try. And I was like, y'all testing my sobriety this month. You really are. <laughs> Did you make it? I've made it. Well, we're still in January. I've made it. I've made it, but think you know, you know, some of the stuff going on, you know, this week. I might. It's testing me again, but I, I can get. I think I can get to the end of the week. Okay. Okay. I I surely hope you can. But no, I mean the Kings. Let me ask you real quick. What do you attribute to the defense? Because the defense has been terrible. But let, let me ask you. Let me ask you with your keen eye, your basketball eye. There were some games where I didn't think I didn't think this the final score matched up with the level of defense they played. And what I mean by that is um the Portland game, the Indiana game. I think they gave up, you know, 120 something against Indiana, 132 in the second Portland game. And I didn't think they I didn't think the defense was the same as when they played Toronto. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or they play Portland the first time. If that makes sense, I just no, I did. feel like so, some of those situations, it's the pace that they're playing with, where the, the points are going to go up regardless if they're playing quote unquote good defense or not. Do you see it the same way? I think I tweeted after one of those games where I said, "I know it looks bad, but I actually think the defense was nearly as horrible as it's been." I think what with, with, with hurt them is that they're giving up. They were giving up everything. They're giving up the paint, giving up the three point mm-hmm. line. I mean, it was like you know, you know, pick a struggle. <laughs> I mean, right. they let you. They were letting teams shoot fifty from the field, forty. That's from, embarrassing. Forty from three, and then on top of that, whatever reason, it's just maybe because everybody's feeling good. They were as crazy as it sounds. They were like allowing the second bet, highest free throw percentage. Obviously, you don't defend the free throw, but. I guess they figure, hey, we're going to make – I was just like, God. They they didn't see the ball go in the net all night. You yeah, know, they feel so, good I mean, at the so, free throw yeah, line. Yeah, so it was like, like y'all got to do something. Y'all can't foul people, put them on the line, give up threes, give up the paint, get blown by. And some of the things they were doing, it was – I mean, I was just confused. I was like, okay, why are three guys running to the ball? Yeah. yeah you know, the communication it, yeah. was terrible. It looked like guys were overcompensating, trying – they were trying to do things right, but they were just so wrong all the time. It's like, there's literally, I mean, I saw times where I saw guys run away from the ball. <laughs> that, now that's crazy. I, I saw guys, I saw multiple guys run to the ball. It was like, you know, they took rotating too seriously. They're like, oh, we're going to really rotate. We're going to yeah. rotate to the point to where everyone's going at the ball. And now you got two guys. I mean, I saw that one, that Portland game where Dame has the ball, that wing three pointer he likes. Which I think we all know he likes that three pointer, and I just saw mm-hmm. the guy, the Kings look at him like, "Is he really going to shoot it?" What the hell do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Like it, it just—I I don't know, man. Like there were there was times when the communication, it, it, you could tell, it just wasn't there. And like you said, some some, it wasn't necessarily effort. Sometimes it was it was poor fundamentals. Like I saw people running to stop the ball, but the closeout was just. 
a, a run by. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're making the rotation. You're getting to the ball as quick as you can, but you're not chopping your feet on the on the closeout, or you're not coming up ready to to break down and move if the guy attacks the basket. It was mm-hmm. just little stuff like yeah, that. And, yeah, I and, think Luke mentioned that. Luke was mentioned. You know, he said. Sometimes guys are closing out too short. Like, well, I don't want to foul. So they're closing out so short that the guy just goes right by them. You know, mm-hmm. he, he talked about all those fundamental things they weren't doing well. And they just got to do it. I mean, I talked to some people, you know, coaches I know, scouts. I asked them kind of their opinion. One scout told me essentially that Rex Rex Kalamian was put one of the more basic schemes he put in. The Kings weren't getting that right. Mm. So when you're not even running the basics right, of course, everything else is going to get complicated. And, you know, so it's, you know, then the other aspect was I don't think De'Aaron was exerting the amount of effort needed on the defensive end from his position. And Yeah, it wasn't consistent. It wasn't consistent. It seemed like when he got mad or maybe he, you know, he heard the rumblings, you know, and King's Twitter and on the airwaves or something like that, that, you know, he'd get pissed off and he'd do something on the defensive end, but it wasn't consistent. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, you know, he turns it on and off. And it's like to be the guy you say you want to be, you don't get to turn it off. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, not at all. You, I said, especially with the team you got, like, LeBron can coast because he's like, you know what? If I'm coasting one night, AD might go get 30, 40 points for me. You know, Mm -hmm. James Harden can coast. Kyrie can coast. De'Aaron Fox can't coast. Hell no. You know. Hell no. And and I know, and look, I've said this, Jason. I look at De'Aaron Fox and, and you know, we, everybody loves De'Aaron. I I really, I believe in the guy. I understand there's, there's a lot on his plate right now. Yeah. Like there is a lot on his plate for, you know, everybody, there's leaders everywhere, but I mean, it, it, throughout the league, but I feel like none of them have everything on their plate the way De'Aaron does. And that's his, that's, that's what he's going, that's what's going on for him right now. But heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, if you want to be the person that you say and the player that you say you want to be, I mean, you, you're going to have to get through this hard time until they can get you some help. Yeah, you got. I mean, they, you know, the one thing, he even said it after one of the games, you know, the one thing that never can be questioned is effort. And mm-hmm. he's kind of like he said, he's realizing, shit, this is, it's hard to be a good player. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard. You know, it's like, you, you're glad to hear him say that, but it's like, yeah, De'Aaron, it's hard. You know, <laughs> I, I just would have loved to be hanging out with his dad. You know, I could hear his dad saying, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> because don't nobody break down De'Aaron Fox quite like Aaron Fox, <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> so I would have loved. We gotta get we gotta get Aaron on the on the pod, man. Yeah, we gotta find a way to get Aaron yeah. on the pod. He he told, last year he said he would come on too. Yeah, because I mean, don't nobody break down De'Aaron Fox's game quite like his dad. I know. I think I might have told the story one time. De'Aaron was like, "Man, I'm tired. Dad was on my head all night because I didn't take enough shots." His dad told him. <laughs> I could have stayed home for this shit. You're going to come out here and not shoot the ball. <laughs> that's it. That is exactly, that's a signature quote by, by, by Aaron Fox. Yeah. So. so, I mean, I think that was a bit, that was part of it. I think De'Aaron had, you know, it was like, you would think that the first, the first three years re- reinforced that, but I think he knows, you know what? I've got to play at this level. You know, even if I go up to go with the game, he went seven for 20. Re- the, the mm-hmm. last game they won. I don't care that he went seven for 20. I like seeing that twenty still. What I what, what the yep. what the Kings can't have from him is six and you know 
five of nine or five of ten yeah. with four assists, you know, no steals. No, he's got to be all, I mean, and it's tough, but he's got to be all over the place. And I think that was part, yeah. that was part of it because when he pressures the ball, he, you know, with that, with that speed he has, he has long arms. He can, you know, as, as coaches, as you heard coaches say that he can be a bitch for somebody. and that's you know i'm not you know before we get crazy i'm not calling him one that's a term a lot of coaches use (laughs) no you can be (laughs) you know as a A problem guys yeah somebody be like oh jay called De'Aaron a bitch i'm like no i (laughs) no i did not y'all calm the hell down out there you know but you know his name is not jason uh ellison man leave my friend alone man y'all can't don't 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 bring me back into this man i know everybody don't don't bring me into this man I mean, I, 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 I hit him, I congratulated him on his new job. He was like, yeah, man, you can't. Yeah, shout out to him, man. He said, shout out to him. He said, you can't tweet me until you, your team is above 500 after the All-Star break. I'm like, ain't that some uh, shit? What, what the hell that got to do with Jason Jones? See, that's that's, oh, that was, oh, that was just. That was, that, <laughs> them, nah, that, I know, I them, know. Yeah, I yeah we've, been, we've been joking like that with each other for years, you know. So, that's, <laughs> you know, but I think De'Aaron, you know, I think I even wrote it in one of my stories, you know. You can't be on social media getting mad at people criticizing you. You know, why are they talking about me saying this team ain't good? And you go out there and lay down against the Clippers. Yeah, man. I can't. I said, you know, I said, don't talk, don't tell me about respect when you disrespecting the game by the way you play. Yeah. It can't yeah. it can't happen, man. Was, and one of the issues I've had with, with the entire team is they just look soft a lot of the time. Yeah, like, they look soft. Yeah, and I mean it's just like, you know, what when New Orleans is in town, like, does anybody want a piece of Zion? Does anybody want a piece of him? Man. I mean, my man Ch- Chemezi Metu, he get my respect because he took there and he said, I'm gonna take this L, but I'm <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> hey, hey, I need somebody to get under the basket and try a little something, block that shot. Now, Metu, on the other end, for his troubles, he feels like he can take all the shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Metu gets him up. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm like, I think they were passing you the ball, Chemezi, to pass it again. He's like, oh, this is going up. I, I respect it, though, because I'm like, if I was a two-way player and didn't know where my minutes was ever coming again <laughs> – I'm getting that thing up, but by the way, De'Aaron took a charge that game. Though he took he took a charge on Zion, so you know he ain't no punk. Nah, no nah, man. But you know that. So you know the Kings is six and ten, man, and it just like I said, the Knicks one was a good one. No, there's two things. So before I get into um, the the Knicks win and something that came out of that that I wanted to ask you about, I also wanted to ask you: Do you feel? People, people, uh, a point of contention on King's Twitter and in King's Land was when they signed Hassan Whiteside. And I don't know what the deal is with Hassan. I know he's was injured, or you know, I don't know if they're oh, looking CDs it's, it's, right no, now. No, or he's been hurt. With it. He's had a hip flexor, but he practiced uh, today. Today being Tuesday, and he'll be back in the lineup. It sounds like against Orlando on Wednesday. Okay, cool, cool. Now the thing about that is, as much as we love Rashawn Holmes and we love what he brings to the table. This was one of the reasons why I always said start Hassan Whiteside, because I feel like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel like Rashawn may be getting worn down by having to carry the load at that center position at, you know, with starter minutes. I mean, he, he's, he's tall. I think Rashawn is like 16 or something like that. He's tall, but something about him, he's not, he's not the same presence inside as a Hassan Whiteside is. And I, I feel like, I feel like he's been getting worn down. Am I, am I seeing that correctly? All right, man. So 
you guys heard the question, but as we were asking the question, I mean, this crazy storm that we got here in Northern California knocked out our producer Rob's power, you know, knocked us all out. So now we got Jay Jones. He's still in the building, but now he's getting his shine on. You know what I'm saying? Calling calling from a, a, a correctional facility in upstate New York right now. So, so we got him on the phone. So we we going we got to get the people what they want though, man. We got to give them what they want. So we here with it. Um but what I was asking you though, Jason was I feel like possibly Rashawn Holmes has started to wear down a little earlier uh early in this season and not because of his effort. We all we all love Rashawn. We love what he brings to the table. But there's something about him. I know he's 6'10", but he's not a natural center to me the way Hassan Whiteside is when you talk about rim protection and things of that nature. We know he gives maximum effort, but as far as protecting the rim and going head up against you know some of the, the bigs in this league, I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's been extended a little bit. Am I off on this? How, how do you feel about Rashawn and missing Hassan Whiteside right now? See, I like him in the starting role for continuity's sake. I think that his switchability for what they want to do, get, they, they want they want to be able to play at least the bigs and go out in the perimeter. Yeah. You know, so I like I like him in that role, and I like the idea of pairing him with a guy like Hassan, who's more of a banger. You know, a guy who's going to be near the rim, not necessarily, you know, maybe that drop more drop coverage, trying to protect the paint. Mm-hmm. So I like the I like the idea of how the combo can work. So it's uh, I have no problem with them. No. Uh, well, I do too. No, I do too. But what I was saying was, it was I guess Rashawn was the focus of the question. That was a bad job by me. But it, the the focus of the question ended up being Rashawn and him possibly getting worn down. But the reason why I feel like he's getting worn down is because Hassan isn't there for them to share the minutes. You know what I'm saying? Does that does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing him a lot of minutes. Yeah. yeah. And you don't really have anybody comparable behind him. I mean, Chemezi's trying. There you know, would be at least a minute minutes cut. Marvin's playing a lot more four than he is five. Yeah. Yeah. And I know ideally they want Marvin to focus on one position, which is it's four right now. So I think you definitely need Hassan back. Just yeah. because I don't think you want to be playing Rashawn. I mean, right now they got to play Rashawn 38 to 40 minutes tonight. That's a lot for him at that, that spot. That's, you know, not, that that's, not, spot. that's a lot for anybody. That's not, especially for a big and a smaller big who on some of those nights he might be giving up 30, 40 pounds mm-hmm. to a Jokic, mm-hmm. to a, you know, to a Joel, an Embiid. You and, got, and having you know, to guard Nurkic Nicole, a couple times. Yeah, you got Nikola Vucevic coming up. No, you know, on this trip, you could see Nicola. Nicola, you could see a Bam, which is no joke. Yeah. And you see, you could see New Orleans again with Zion. Stephen Adams having a bang with him. Yeah. So I mean, you definitely, I you know, you definitely need that you know that big body, and I think that that's the reason why Alex Lynn fit in so well last season because he was just a big physical player. Right. It wasn't that Alex Lynn was coming to change the game. He was big and physical, mm-hmm. and you didn't have that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there's that going on. And then we, we kind of talked. So that was one of the things that I want to talk about. And then we were going to talk about lineup changes a little bit and possible lineup changes. And I saw something on Friday night. I'm pretty sure you saw it too. Uh, Kings, Knicks. Kings had gone up by 10 after a in, – in the fourth quarter with about six minutes to go. Had gone up by 10 um, after a De'Aaron three. And the Knicks come right back down, and 
Buddy Hill is kind of lost in no man's land or whatever and gives up a corner three to Alec Burke. And Luke Walton calls the timeout immediately and looks like he had had it. <laughs> he had had it. Oh, yeah. he, got, he got Buddy out of the game, yelled at him, got him out of the game, and we didn't see Buddy come back for the rest of the game. And I've been saying on the radio show, ESPN 1320, D-Lo and Casey, check us out Monday through Friday, 12 to 2, if you want more of this Kings talk. But I've been saying for a while that it's time to move Buddy to the bench, start Tyrese, and maybe it'll jumpstart Buddy's season a little bit. And for these closing lineups, defensively, especially with the way Marvin Bagley seemed to improve, you know, as of late, that's the way you should finish the game with Buddy on the bench, unless he's just like incredibly hot and maybe you want to try and ride it out. But it looks like Luke had, had finally had enough on Friday night. And, and do you think there's some lineup changes coming possibly? I don't know necessarily because I think part of that too was the Knicks were also playing Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson together. Mm-hmm. So I think that also made that decision a little bit easier. But I mean, the Tyrese question is not going to go away. Someone has to sit for him. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier in the year, it was it was Marvin. Because we know it won't be Harrison, Rashawn, or De'Aaron. So that leaves Marvin or Buddy. Right. And the, the better Marvin plays, the logical choice would be Buddy. But I don't know if you want to put – I don't know if they want to put Buddy on the bench just because I think one thing they do like is that when you when you're bringing Tyrese off the bench, that second unit has a natural playmaker. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you want to mess with that. You know, is it, you know, I mean, Tyrese is still playing about. They're still going to play about thirty minutes. Yeah, and I don't. I just. I don't know if they want to do that. I mean, you know, I can I, I can see arguments both ways. I mean, before when Marvin was struggling, the argument was bench Marvin, which I didn't agree with, and start three guards. <laughs> No. You know, which they, which they ended up doing one game when, you know, when uh, Sean was out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, I mean, as much as I, I know everyone loves Tyrese and they want to see him out there more, I like what they're doing with him. He's playing meaningful minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be a starter soon enough, I think. You know, yeah. it may not, even if that means next year. Right. It's not like they're going to, he's going to be a, you know, a, a lifelong six man. I just think perhaps the way the team is looking right now, they're better off with him coming off the bench because you always that way you always have another playmaker available. Because I don't think you you know people consider Corey Joseph a you know a playmaking point guard. Right? No, not at all. You know, no, you, you not know, at all. I don't really, think that's ever been said. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think you, I mean, and I think if we're being objective, Tyrese might be their best playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know the you know De'Aaron, the starting point guard, in terms of just a playmaker, you know, more of a pass first type guy. I think De'Aaron can get his offense. Some of De'Aaron's playmaking comes off of his threat of scoring, whereas I think Tyrese just creates, you know, plays with his passing. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the, you know, the, you know the look aways, you know, the pick it's pick and roll game, the way he finds guys. Yeah. So. I have no problem with what they're doing because I don't think they were losing games in January because uh, because Tyrese wasn't starting. I don't think that was the issue. The issue was they weren't guarding anybody. Well, see, I you know, I also I, look I, I look more yeah. at that finishing lineup though. 
And I and yeah. I feel like I feel like Marvin is and I feel like Marvin has made strides on the defensive end. He's not uh like I say, he's not Charles Oakley and Dennis Rodman or nothing like that. But I mean he he's done some things in the last week, week and a half where he's he has shown improvement on the defensive end. Yeah, and yeah. And, and I think that's keeping him long. on the floor. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of plays where you know where Randall took him to school, yeah. but he still he you know he stayed in there. He battled, you know, you know. So like I, to me, that that finishing lineup is all about between Buddy and Marvin. Who do you sit? Mm. And maybe and, it's just game to game, situation to situation. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I think the Knicks because they do play two bigs, that made it an easier decision to keep Marvin out there, combined with the fact that Buddy had. Just, I mean, Luke has been way more ag- animated on the sideline than he's ever been out here. <laughs> you know, and I think it's a good thing. I think I pissed. think Cool Hand Luke. I, I Luke think, be getting pissed I think off. Got, yo, Luke is pissed. I mean, I've I've never seen him this pissed off as I've seen him in the last couple of you know week or so. I mean, hey, hey look, that that, that, cool. that that Clippers game in L.A. That's about. And he did it as diplomatically as as possible. That's the closest you'll get to Luke saying to hell with this. This, is, this ain't on me. <laughs> he when came he out. came out and said, we called, we called this. Then they did this. I was like, oh, damn, Luke is pissed. Luke <laughs> like, said, pissed. don't put this shit on me, all right? They came He's out like, here and did this. I didn't, uh, he came out say, I didn't tell Buddy to jump and pass backwards and throw the ball to Paul George. <laughs> And I, I, have, I have a lot of friends who were coaches, and I talked to them about it, and they said the most frustrating thing about being a coach is that people underestimate the power the players really have on on the situation. Mm-hmm. Like these, as my friends put it, he said, uh, basketball is complicated, but it's really not. Like the terminology might get complicated; you may not always understand. At, at its core, it's a simple game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you have guys that don't understand that and they mess it up, what do you want the coach to do? Right, right. I, I know it's not. You know, I looked yeah. at that at the start of that second half, and I I said I was telling Damien on the air. I was like, I know for a fact. I, I'm willing to, to bet the house that Luke was in the in the in the locker room at the half, saying, "This is how the Clippers are going to come out. They're going to turn up the physicality." They're going to turn up their style of play. This is what you guys need to do. We need you to execute. We're going to get this play out of the out of the uh, out of the locker room. And we're going to we we got to turn it up. We got to match it. And they didn't do it. And to a large degree, there's nothing more Luke can do. <laughs> there's nothing more he yeah. can do. Like he he people, oh he didn't have them prepared he didn't make the the adjustments that they have no that's not true that's absolutely I, I can say for a fact yeah. I haven't talked to Luke that's not true I'm I'm for sure that he told them what to expect and the Clippers gave them exactly what he told them what they would and they didn't show up that is not on Luke Walton yeah and yeah it's, you know and I get it you know people say well do something, Luke. I'm like, well, okay. What do you want him to do when that happens? Yeah, you so, know, at some, you know, at some point, you have to, you know, the players, you know, and I, and I talk to the, you know, maybe not so much this year because we're not around, but trust me, I asked the players, you know, away from the camera. I did a lot last year. Like, what's going on? Is Luke this? And they said, trust me, Luke is not some quiet, passive, soft dude who don't say anything to us. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Luke is actually a, just a big believer in protecting the team. And if it means he got to look silly to protect the team, he'll do it. Mm. But he's not going to air his guys out publicly if he can help it. Right. You know, and so that's why I don't, that's why I know, I know he's mad. I I know, you know, I know guys on that staff. You can't tell me they weren't mad at some of the stuff that was going on out there. And for me, with some of these guys who have been around more than two or three years, we've seen this act from them before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, at some point you got to grow up. And I mean, that's why I loved what De'Aaron was saying. It's like, yeah, it's time to grow up, De'Aaron. Nope. No more Zebos in the locker room. No more Vince Carters. No more Garrett Temple. It's on you, young man. You got the juice now, you know, wel- welcome to wel- Welcome to the club. <laughs> Call up DeMarcus and ask how tough this job is. Yeah. Yeah, you got the juice now. Man. Welcome to the cl- welcome to the club. This is not going to be fun all the time, but it's you know it's what you got to do. So no, no doubt. So um, that's what's going on with the Kings. You guys are going to see them back in action after a nice little break. You know they they probably needed a break, whether that was to get away or whether that that was more time in the practice facility. Um, but they you know they didn't play games for about three or four days. So. Uh, when you guys hear this, they will be getting ready for the Orlando Magic on Wednesday. Before we leave the Kings, real quick, we have to—I have to ask you about the the number one pressing story in Sacramento, and to be honest with you, maybe in all of the NBA right now, and that is Nemanja Bjelica. The top story in in all of the NBA right now. I, I think yeah, it's leading story, uh, PTI and. <laughs> Yeah, the, the story I fail to understand. <laughs> I mean, I'm missing something. You know, so I, 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 the, the, the same people who were complaining that he was playing are now acting as if him not playing is some type of, you know, crime against the NBA. And hey, so Luke Walton mentioned mentioned it, more than once. Let the know, record. No, I was just gonna say let let the record be shown. I am not one of them people. <laughs> I am keeping no, the same energy. Not. No, you were not. <laughs> I have no, no problem with you what's going been, on. Well, you will be consistent. Like, give Belly's minutes to Marvin. Give them to anyone. Except, but you've been consistent. <laughs> you keeping know, the so, same energy. You know, no, no disrespect, Luke, Luke, Belly. Luke, I wish you the best, but no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> what's you know, happening you know, here? Luke had said that they were looking at different lineups, and Luke mentioned that that uh, Belly had some personal stuff going on, and. I mean, there's also this real, I don't know if it's maybe minor detail. Belly plays the same position as Marvin Bagley, who was the second overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And it's under contract next year for $11.3 million and only played 13 games last season. And the Kings need to see as much of him as possible. So yeah. there's that too. Facts. And, and could you imagine the uproar if, if, if Marvin wasn't playing so he could give Belly 25 minutes? Come on, man. <laughs> that just, I mean, that sentence just sounds... <laughs> I'm just saying. I can't even I'm imagine. I can't. No, I, I'm I can't saying. imagine. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, I mean, I don't, under, I mean, I don't get the uproar about why isn't Belly playing, you know? You know, and like there's some kind of, you know, conspiracy behind it. No conspiracy. So I think, you know? Jason, and you, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's just as simple as they're looking to move him. They don't want him to either lower his value with, you know, how he's playing or get hurt or anything like that. And they're just saying, okay, we're looking to move you. 
like to me I, and I, and if there really is something deeper than that going on i i hope that you know everything's okay with him and his family or whatever it may be but if it's as simple as um you know what i think it is the personal reasons are we're trying to find you a new team that's the personal reason in my opinion <laughs> You know, personal reasons could be a lot of things, but like I said, let's not act like they don't need to give all those minutes to Marvin if possible. Yeah. Yeah. It, I it, mean, my thing is, even if there are no personal reasons, it's, it's duh, Marvin's on the team. Come on. I mean, we got to be smarter than this. And, and on the flip side for Belly, because, you know, I, I, I speak, you know, about him as far as, you know, not wanting him to, you know, eat up minutes or get minutes out here or whatever. It's not even necessarily because I think he's a scrub or anything like that. I think he's not fit for what this team is trying to do right now. And if he's moved to a different team, I could see him being a great fit, you know, somewhere else for for a team that could utilize what he brings to the table more than this particular team does. So I, I'd like to see. I mean, Nelly's been nothing but a good king here. I don't have no problem with him. He, He's yeah. been fine, you know what I mean? I'd love to see him go to another team, a team that's a, a contending team or a playoff team and get a shot at the postseason, absolutely. Yeah, I just I just think, you know, like I said, it's it's not that big of a deal. It's funny, some one of the coaches on staff, I know, he hit me, he was like, are y'all really talking about this like every day <laughs> in the media? I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, but apparently, you know, it's like the a fascinating thing now and i'm like you have to go into a season knowing what your priorities are and their priority in terms of the front court is they've got to find out what marvin bagley is and what he is not because yeah. next some next off season it's going to be time to either talk extension or do we go into next year and figure it out after next year yeah. and you can't go in that at, and if he's only playing 20 some odd minutes a game i know people were freaking out earlier in the year but i also realized i was <laughs> I wasn't freaking out because I realized the dude hadn't played basketball in a year. So even though he wasn't on a minutes restriction, I knew they weren't going to put him, play him 35 minutes a night off off the rip. I yeah. knew that. It just you know, it just. I mean, this is the same staff that gave Tyrese uh, load management day in preseason. <laughs> yeah, I so you think they were going to actually run Marvin <laughs> into the ground after not playing? Remember, people forget Marvin missed the first part of camp with COVID. I mean, there's a yeah, lot, you yeah. know. Facts. Yeah, so I mean, I just thought, like, just be patient, man. Let let the kids. No, breathe, no, no. I need more Marvin Bagley. I'm not being patient. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's that, that. That's fine. I mean, you, you have your right to 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 want to be an all star right away. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I, I mean, I like what I've seen over him the last couple of weeks. I think once all the, I I think maybe in some ways the whole tweet gate thing was good for him because he had some bad games afterwards. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was kind of like rock bottom as a player. And it allowed, it took some of the attention off of him of, you know, expectations. So maybe took the expectations down and he can just play now. Right. Right. And he's you playing know, some good he, basketball, he man. He hasn't played a hundred. Yeah, he hasn't played a hundred NBA games. I'm like, let's just get let him get some games under his belt. You know, you know what I was thinking about on on Friday uh, when they were playing the Knicks is Julius Randle and how good he's been this year. And Jason, you you saw him a lot as a Laker. I mean, that took time. That took time. If you go yeah. through his his log, you know, for his career, um, you know, the first couple of years were 
Like they might look different, you know, as far as on the court, but production wise, 13 points, eight rebounds, another 13 point, it got to 16 points or whatever. And it just kept progressing. And now we're at the point where what's, what's, uh, Randall's in what a six year or something like that. Uh, I, 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 I'm blanking on that. It's something uh, it's, it's around yeah. anywhere between five and seven years. And now look at him, yeah. you know what I mean? He's gotten yeah. better. And, and Randall, just like Marvin Bagley, we, we always forget these guys came in at 18, 19 years old. You know what I'm saying? Marvin's yeah. Marvin just and turned Julius, 21, right? And, and Julius broke his leg his first year. Yeah. He missed the whole yeah. year of basketball. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's something that I saw that kind of gave me, hope for Marvin Bagley and also gave me pause to like, just kind of relax on him a little bit. You know what I mean? Because sometimes these things do take time. And like I said, I think Marvin turned, he might've just turned 20, 21 and I feel like it was He turns 22 in March, I believe. Turns 22 in March. That's what it is. He's 21 now, turns 22. So, you know, and and he's, and he's, like you said, he's trying to get um, acclimated to the NBA game. I mean, in a lot of ways, this is a his first season with Luke Walton and his coaching staff because he didn't play much at all last year, even get a chance to practice, all that other stuff. So a lot of factors going in. Good to see that from Marvin, man. So hopefully we get to see him um, continue to play better. Real quick before we get out of here, two things. I uh, wanted to ask you your thoughts on the NBA's thirsty-ass attempt to have an NBA All-Star game. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but they're talking about it possibly being in Atlanta during this week-long break that they were going to have at the beginning of March. Um, Jason, talk to your connects in the NBA and tell them this is not a good idea. I don't like it one bit. And I didn't like like that whole thing of proceeds are going to go to HBCUs. Like, stop, stop, fam, because you can just literally give money to HBCUs. You can cut HBCUs a check right now. Thank you. Thank you. You don't have to have an all-star game to do that. I mean, just go ahead and name guys all-star so they can have that honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I just, I, it just, it just feels greedy mm-hmm. to be like, you know what? We didn't have twenty plus postponements already, but you know what we got to do? Let's sneak in an all-star game. Ima- I'm saying, imagine if you ha- if you do that, you say, because remember, uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive. After the All Star game, mm-hmm. not that he necessarily caught COVID at the All Star game, we don't know. But say you do that, you do the contact tracing. Say All Star from the West tests positive, or he comes in contact with someone during that time. Mm. The whole league's got to pause. 20, <laughs> come on, yeah, you <laughs> possibly having twenty four of the best players in the world <laughs> not away from their team in contact tracing protocol. Yeah, I mean. It, you know, all you need is one guy to go Lou Will and try to sneak Man. off to Magic City or something to ruin it. For, you know, to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, that, and to me, it's, it's they're, on it. it's they're, yeah. they're on a tightrope as it is. Yeah, they're on a tightrope. Yeah, it's not worth it. I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. I love it. You know, the idea of supporting HBCUs, but like I said. You know, those guys can come together. They got foundations and they got money. They can cut a check to all the HBCUs anytime they want. Mm -hmm. We don't need an all-star game for that. I mean, there's no Pro Bowl, which I'm sure no one is crying about. Uh, Well, there is no – real quick, I just want to pause you. There is no Pro Bowl this year. Not necessarily crying about it. 
But did you know that right. it was supposed to be in Vegas this year? Oh. Yeah, that changes everything, right? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. That changes oh, everything. Uh, the maybe, promo I should, might... maybe I should be shit. Maybe I should be shedding a tear. The, hey, the promo is about girl, to get... She'd be like, oh, she's like, why you want to go to the promo? I'm like, hey, for research. You know, I love that. I covered the league. Bro, if they no did, if they pulled that to the damn Pro Bowl in Vegas by myself. There ain't no way in hell that's happening. Well, you know, you got colleagues that come out there too, like your partner on the J Street Vibes, you know. We just, you know, yeah, it's you know, all it is. Just protect you from the from from the uh immoral <laughs> women who who would who would have me at late night establishments <laughs> surrendering one dollar bills to them. Yeah, I think I kept, think they're going to do kept, that moving forward, and that well, will I'm that will that. change I, everything I, I about the Pro Bowl. Don't tell my job by calling sick <laughs> and during Pro Bowl. Oh, <laughs> I can't go to that Kings Grizzlies game. <laughs> you gonna have the you gonna have the Draymond Green cold when he when he uh was was out for a <laughs> night and then was seen the next night at the Wilder Fury fight. <laughs> <laughs> he missed right. the game out of Draymond like, Green. <laughs> I would be like, I, I missed, I missed three Kings games with you know, you know, with a, you know, with a, I don't know, what's a, what's a good injury they can't diagnose? A, a back, spasms. Back. <laughs> back spasms, back spasms. <laughs> you can get too many times, you know, flu-like <laughs> symptoms. Not even the flu. Flu-like symptoms is my favorite one, or you know. Stomach, stomach illness. Or you, know. you could just go, you could go, tell you can go Kyrie, you know what I mean? And just go AWOL. Or if you really want to have a reason, you can go to the all-time, my all-time favorite, uh, Ricky Henderson didn't play in a game because he was mentally unavailable. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that would be me. And I, I would be available in Vegas for that entire weekend. <laughs> yes. and, you know, and, so be on the lookout for that next, next football season. Go, you know. Yeah, wife yeah, can come. Wife can come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because gotta keep them. You know, well, well, Floyd's marrying one of his dancers. So I think I can go there. You know, Floyd's engaged. We can go there and yeah, allegedly, if you, if you believe with, with the people on the internet and the newspapers put out, he's engaged mm. to his like top dancer. Wow, Floyd didn't have some bad ones too. He's settling down. Yeah. You Good know, you could say it's questionable, questionable decision making. You know, very. You know, you know, <laughs> as, they, as, as the saying goes, you don't eat and shit in the same place. But I guess he's the boss; <laughs> he can do that. You know, <laughs> you know. But hey, yeah, man. So how do we even get it? Oh, the NBA and Austin. Yeah, no, 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 no need for that. No need for that. No need for that All Star game. But just like yeah, you said, select not, not the teams and give them the honor. You know, some people's. Uh, contracts are tied up into these things, so you got to select the team. Um, but the actual game itself, nah, nah, we don't need that. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, Jason, um, uh, we the NBA family lost uh, lost a, a, a good one um, on Tuesday when Sekou Smith passed away at the age of 48. Um, I never met him. I just know him from TV and interviews and things like that. Seemed like the nicest guy. Seemed like one of the most stand-up guys. I know you knew him personally, man. So, um, man, did you just want to say a couple words about him? Yeah, I mean, legit one of the coolest people in this business. I mean, I didn't know him until I started covering the NBA. And 
he's the type of guy, you know, he's, you know, the way this business is, the new guy can get looked at weird because, you know, you're just showing up and it's like, you know, who is this? You know, who this dude? Hmm. You know, and I was replacing, uh, you know, I was replacing Sam Amick. Everybody knew Sam. I was known as a football guy, you know, yeah. so it was, you know, it was, I wasn't, and I, I might have called him back right, right at the tail end of his time in Indiana, where he was covering the Pacers. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I, the, the time I met him, he was always good with me. You know, he we were Facebook friends. He'd always tell me, "Man, you keep me cracking up, man. Keep yo." <laughs> and he, you know, was, he was always like, "Man, you always keep me laughing." Every time I saw him, he was like, "Man, you hilarious." You know, he said, man, how do they, how do them fans deal with you and them jokes you be posting? I'm like, <laughs> they know I'm crazy. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it, it really just stung me because it's, it's January 26th, yeah. the anniversary of when Kobe passed. I purposely didn't watch, <laughs> I didn't watch really any sports today trying to avoid, you know, kind of getting all emotional about that. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm sitting I'm sitting at home trying to help my son with his homework and I get a message, hey man, I don't know if it's true, but I heard I heard that um, you know, stay cool passed because of COVID and I'm like, Man, oh, I don't wanna hear that. Geez. Goodness. You know, and then you check and you realize you know, I mean, then you know, it's like the day that was already emotionally taxing becomes even more taxing again. You know, and I had, you know, last time I talked to Seiko, I had done the podcast with him about the Kings before the bubble. You know, mm-hmm. for, for the, uh, no, for NBA TV or whatever. And he had said, man, the Kings need to be a better team so I can have one more. Because <laughs> we just had such a good time. It was like every time I saw him, it was always a good time. Yeah. Joke, you know, there's a joke, there's a whole story that he tells about from him and Mike Wells in Indianapolis about me. My first, it might have been my first game out there, and I didn't know. I think I think in Indiana at that point you had to have cash to buy the medium meal. I didn't have cash, but mm. I had the company credit card, so I went and got some wings. You know, it's like the wing spots up there. It's not called wing stop. It's like Quaker. It's yeah, Quaker. It's the Quaker wings. You no, know? okay. and so me being looking like a dog on bumpkin took my wings to court because back then we sat courtside. And so I'm eating the wings courtside. I'm I'm eating the wings courtside. And Bobby Jackson's an assistant coach. He's like, damn, you don't eat the wings like right there? (laughs) And so between him and Mike Wells, who um, would go on to cover the the, uh, Colts as well, the story of me and these wings is because of him and Sekou telling that story to everybody they could (laughs) about, and you heard at that time when Jason came to Indiana and ate the <laughs> courtside. <laughs> and between those two, they made sure people heard that story. I guess I don't remember if Sekou was even there, but he made sure everybody knew about me and them wings in Indiana because of him and Mike Wells. And I would see him, you know, with summer leave, he'd be out there with NBA and, and I said, man, that it hurt, you know. Yeah. He's forty eight. I'm forty two. You know, man, and so we're kind man. of in that same peer group in terms of beat writers with our age. You know, I got on the NBA. Oh man, look, man, in my like, like I was thirty, thirty one. Mm. You know, or, yeah, I was thirty when I got on the NBA. Thirty one when I got on the NBA. Mm. You know, yeah. thirty going on thirty one. So it was like 
we all kind of grew in a lot of ways we grew up together right Right. And so it's just like it don't seem right to say that someone from that group or that era, so to speak, you know, from those no those early two thousand, those late two thousands, you know, up to now, it doesn't seem right to be saying he's gone, you know. And yeah. I had talked to him before about he was so excited a while ago, move helping his son move into college. So you know, just some of the, you know, he loved being a father. You know, he loved his family. And it's just, I hurt for them. Mm. I mean, and then when you see the tributes people have said to him on social media, everything you read about him sounds just like him about, you know, him helping people get jobs. And, you know, you never knew it was him or the fact that he just kind of took you in and, you know, like, you know, told you to be yourself, mm. you know, and do the job. And, it, it, it you know, and. People always said when I was in Indiana, he was the best beat writer they ever had with the Pacers. Mm. And I don't know, you know, I wasn't checking for the Pacers like that back in the day, you know. <laughs> but, you know, but I mean, as I got to know him, I believe it, you know, mm. just because he's a guy that was impossible not to like. Just impossible not to like him, you know. And for me, I'm like, man. You know, last year, lose Marty McNeil. Then later last year, Von McClure, who I knew from uh, covering the NFL, he passed away. Mm. And now this, and, you know, Marty was a little bit older, but Von was about my age, too. So it's just like, man. Yeah. Man, like I said, I'm not going to – I I don't have very fond memories of January 26th right now. So man. I'm trying to keep my head up, you know. My kids was looking at me like, Daddy, what's wrong with you? Because, you know. In the middle of homework, daddy crying, you know. Yeah. So, That's but, you tough, know, I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss, you know. So, I, you know, I kind of just try to chill a little bit. I'm going to get back to the jokes at some point, you know. I'm going to try to because I know he's always, he was always on me about, man, just keep people laughing, do that. You know, he kind of felt like that was like what I could do in this business. And I was like, mm. he was like, man, just do you. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do me, but I'm, I'm gonna miss him. You know, I know a lot of us are gonna miss Faku. So, hey man, uh, post the post the new Bernie meme for him, man. I know he's he he was probably loving those, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I, I'm gonna hook him up tomorrow. I'm gonna hook him up maybe maybe Wednesday, Thursday. You know, yes, I indeed. just you know it's yeah. yeah so yeah, you know this is this is, this was a this, it was a tough day, but yeah, you know yep. we gonna manage. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. Hey, um. We're going to get out of here on that note, man. And, uh, yeah, the, where, where can the people find you, man? You, you, you had a couple of nice little articles as of late. Yeah, one with Caspi and his, his uh, new venture, man. That was pretty cool, man. And, obviously, oh, pretty much yeah. daily with the Caspi. Kings, man. Yeah. yeah, Caspi, Larry Sanders, and water-based THC. You can put in your pocket. Yeah, it's, that lit. Was a, <laughs> it's lit. It was an interesting, interesting story to write. I will not confirm nor deny if I was able to procure any samples of said product. You know, I will not confirm that, nor deny you know. that I may or may not have uh, secured it. No, yeah, yeah, I will not confirm or deny that I may or may have not, you know, after writing the story, decided on my own free will to sample said product. I didn't write a, I didn't write a review. So clearly I wasn't writing a review of the product, but, you know, maybe I could go back later on and offer a review of said product, you know, particularly the CBD product, you know, to help my body feel better, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Absolutely. Where can the people find that story and others like it? 
Oh, at theathletic.com, and I will tweet them out at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones, and you can find me on Instagram. I some I post stories. Lately, I post Bernie memes at Mr. Jones LBC. That's what's up. And you can find me on Twitter at IMK Diddy, the same on Instagrams, and Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 on ESPN 1320, D-Lo and KC, my main man, Damian Barling, and myself. We are, Damian, I don't know if you've seen the, the certain announcements that are going on around here on the, on, the, on the social webs, but it is confirmed that that is the only place in Sacramento for local sports from 12 to 2. The, the only oh, place yeah. Yeah. for live yeah. Yeah. and local uh, sports talk for for Sacramento and surrounding you, regions. You, you mean it's not it's, it's not a pre recorded <laughs> national show? It's, it, it's not pre it's not uh it's not pre recorded. It's not um you know live on the East Coast and and pre recorded here on the West Coast like it's raw or something like that. This is live and local every I mean, day. You mean to tell me I can listen to that show <laughs> and actually get things that pertain to Sacramento and not. <laughs> hear about the NFC title game and the AFC title game every day and no. you know yeah and no. never get anything NBA related unless it's the Lakers yeah. or 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 Brooklyn yeah this is it's only this is this is the only place where you can find the Kings at that time so yeah I'm there 12 okay. to noon That's or 12 to 2 yeah yeah man so uh we going to get out of here um I look I talked to Rob about it Talking to Jay. I know Jay's on board, man. I, I put a lot of this on myself, man. We come in once a week, man. We come in once a week, people. All right. I'm gonna tell you that right now. People was asking about the vibes. It's bit we we busy guys, but we're never too busy for the people, man. And we gotta get the people what they want. So we come in once a week. We will see you guys next week. I guarantee we'll see you next week. Yeah, we will be here, you know, talking about you know, by then the Kings, I believe, you know. God willing, no more postponements. We'll have seen Zion and the and the crew again Oof. coming off a road trip where maybe they go two and two, three and one. Who knows? I'll take two and two. I'll take two and two. I'll be you'll okay. Take, you'll, you'll take whatever they do and like it. <laughs> I will not like one and three, zero <laughs> oh and four. I won't like that. <laughs> I'm not taking that, and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm Kenny Careway. All good. Jason Jones. Y'all be good, man.